Matthew chapter 18 verse 7. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come. But woe to that man by whom the offense come. Mark chapter 11 verse 25. And when you stand praying if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. This morning, I'm talking under the subject which comes under the main subject that we are dealing with. Lessons we learn along the way. Last week we dealt with the first lesson and today we are going to look at the second lesson which is the power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. There are two basic things that I want to talk to you about as we progress in this world. Number one, as long as you live on earth, Offenses will come. As long as we exist, offenses must come. The only person who is not offended is the person at the mall or the one at Osu Cemetery. Because for them, there is no life in them. But for you and I, we have life. There is life in us. Therefore, offenses will come. It is said to err is human. To forgive is what? Divine. That means that permanently, human beings will continue to err and offend. And number two, because the enemy knows that offenses will come, he uses it to create confusion, destruction, domination in the life and the destiny of the people of God. Quickly, this I want to show you seven negative consequences of offenses or unforgiveness. Number one, iniquities remain unforgiving where there is unforgiveness. Mark chapter 11, 25 told us that when you stand praying and you remember that you have something in your heart against somebody, what do you do? Forgive. Iniquities remain unforgiven. Where unforgiveness. That means that until you forgive the offender, you will not be forgiving your offenses. Whatever that makes you keep people in your heart, God will also keep you in his heart. Number two. Access to God 
in prayer is hindered by unforgiveness. Mark told us, he says that when you stand praying and you remember, simply stop, go and reconcile and come back. Effectively, it means that if you are unable to forgive, your prayers will be blocked. There are people that are saying that, God, I've been praying. But I've been believing God. I've been trusting God. I've been coming to church. I've been giving my tithes on offerings. But I'm not seeing anything in my life. The question is that, is there somebody that you are keeping in your heart? It is very possible that that might be the cause. This morning, I want to encourage somebody that if there is somebody that you are keeping in your heart, it blocks your prayer life. Even to the extent that if the most anointed man of God should pray for you, nothing will change because of unforgiveness. Number three, the activities of tormentors are invited by the action of unforgiveness. Matthew chapter 18, verse 34 and 35. Matthew chapter 18, verse 34 and 35. And his Lord was angry. And delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. 35. So likewise shall my heavenly Father also do unto you if from your heart you don't forgive anyone that is your brother or your sister, their trespasses. It says that unforgiveness invites tormentors. Who torments? Unforgiveness invites the activities of demonic tormentors. Anytime you keep somebody in your heart, you are inviting the activities of demonic tormentors who will torment one aspect of your life or the other. I believe sincerely that there are certain affliction experiences do not need prayers. All that they need is for the person to forgive the other person. All that they need is for that person to release that person from his or her heart. And the healing that you have been believing God for, the miracle that you are believing God for will come because you have moved from the realm of unforgiveness to the realm of forgiveness. We don't need to allow demonic tormentors to torment us because of unforgiveness. To create all kinds of things in our lives because we are unable to forgive. We have to do everything possible in our mind to stop it because you don't need it. Number four. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. Wow. And that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You and I are aware that we are under the dispensation of what? Of grace. But this scripture tells us that that grace which is upon your life can fall short. Therefore, number four, access to grace 
is hindered. Where there is no grace, all that you will see is disgrace. The grace of God is the grace of life. Places that there are no grace, struggle prevails. So if the grace of God over your life is shutting because of bitterness, because of unforgiveness, you deny yourself the grace of God and you move into the realm of struggle. Where you have to struggle for everything. Where you have to struggle for everything. You go through all kinds of things. Because the grace of God over your life has been shortened. By unforgiveness and bitterness. And God says that well. I have given you grace. And if you think you don't want it. You can do whatever you want with your life. And you and I know that according to Paul, we can do all things by who? Christ, who strengthens us. So if Christ is not strengthening you, it simply means you cannot do all things. We don't need to allow unforgiveness because your brother hates you because your sister hates you because your boss treated you badly or your husband or your wife dealt with you in a very unpopular manner we allow ourselves to struggle in life because the grace which will enable you to do what you are supposed to do is not there. You don't need it. Number three, number five. Bitterness or unforgiveness is a poison that troubles the system of man. When you go back to the scripture that we read, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, it says, the B part, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So apart from inviting tormentors to torment us, unforgiveness and bitterness themselves create and causes trouble in our system. It, it, it is said, I don't know how true it is, but I want to believe it's true, that there are certain afflictions, there are certain diseases that relate directly to the emotional state of a person at a particular time. So if the person is aggravated, if the person is irritated, if the person is agitated, if the person is frustrated, there are certain things that goes on in the system of that person that creates some kind of affection, some kind of affliction, some kind of disease. And we don't need that. We need our system to be strong. We need our bodies to be well so that we can come to church and worship God. We don't need unforgiveness to create all kinds of things in our system. There are people that I believe they will receive their healing totally. Hypertension can leave. Certain kinds of sicknesses, cancer can leave the body. All because you are able to forgive your brother. You are able to forgive your father. You are able to forgive your mother. Bitterness is a poison that troubles 
a system of man. Number six. Bitterness or unforgiveness defiles the spirit of man. Have you ever had a situation where somebody came to you to report somebody to you, the person that you know, and after the report, when you stepped out and you met that person, all of a sudden, you, you had some hatred for that person. What happened? You heard something about that person. Even though the person has not directed, directly offended you, but by what you heard, you developed some hatred towards that person. It is called the spirit of defilement. And the enemy sought to use that to spread all manner of things in the minds and in the hearts of people. There are people that you are angry with that you don't need to be angry with. There are people that you have kept in your heart that you don't need to. There is somebody that you are hating that there is no need for you to hate. It's a defilement that the enemy sought to create in our lives. If the enemy cannot catch you in fornication, if he cannot catch you in stealing, if he cannot catch you in lying and in cheating, he can easily arrest you with bitterness and unforgiveness. You may not have lied before. That one, I don't, I don't think so. You may have not stolen before. But the enemy can bring this kind into your life. Tell yourself, I don't need it. I don't know, but whatever that has caused that, it is time to let go. Number seven. Unforgiveness and bitterness bring damnation in eternity. Revelation chapter 21, verse 27. But there shall by no means enter anything that defies or causes an abomination or a lie but only those that are written in the Lamb's book of life. Nobody enters into heaven with defilement including bitterness and unforgiveness. It simply means that you can easily enter and go to hell with bitterness and unforgiveness. It says nobody enters into heaven with defilement and we are speaking about it. That bitterness and unforgiveness creates defilement. So if a person who is defiled, it means you cannot enter into heaven. How sad will it be that upon all that we have done, upon all our prayers, stating the word of God, believing God, hoping and trusting in him, we go to heaven, to, to hell, because we were unable to forgive somebody who did something small. It is very possible. This morning, my word to you is simple. It is time to release. First John chapter 3 verse 14 says something powerful. We know that we have passed from death to life. 
Don't we know? We know. Because the day that Christ came on earth, he was crucified as he hung on the cross. He said, it is finished. That was the day that you and I, we pass from death to life. The day that you gave your life to Christ, that was the day that we passed from death to life. The day that you lifted your voice and acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, that was the day that we passed from death to life. There is no need for us to go back to that which we have said bye-bye to. It says... We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. The mere fact that we love each other, the mere truth that we are able to love one another, it means we have moved from death to life. Anyone who does not love remain what? Dead. We don't need to remain dead when there is life to enjoy. We don't need to remain cursed when there are blessings to enjoy. We don't need to remain in struggle and frustrated just because of unforgiveness. When there is life, when there is goodness, when there is mercy, when there is progress to enjoy. We don't need to remain there. Job chapter 1 verse 1. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. And the Bible says that when the sons of God had gathered, the enemy found his way in there. And God Ask him, have you tried my servant Job? He is a faithful God, son. He is a sincere son. He fears me. It was God who was testifying about Job. It was God who was declaring the status of Job to the enemy. And yet still, when Job was afflicted, when Job was crushed, he sat down and he began to scrub his body with broken bottles that he found on the floor. And the Bible says that his friends came around and for seven days they were sitting with Job. For seven days they were sitting with him. And the Bible says that they did not utter a single word. They were sitting with Job. I want to believe that all that they were doing was they will look at Job and they will look at themselves and they will do like <clears throat> for seven days that was what they were doing. And the Bible says that after seven days, they began to speak. And accusations upon accusation, they were pouring it on Job. Accusation upon accusation, they were accusing Job of creating and causing all kinds of things. They were accusing him that it was because of your infirmities. It was because of your sins. That is why you have been afflicted like that. Have you ever been in a situation where people that you thought 
that they were with you, they denied you. Where people that you thought they would celebrate you, they were rather pushing you down. Have you ever had an encounter where you lost your job and your so-called friends, they were laughing and teasing at you? People that were supposed to be your comforters, they have added this to your comfort. They were supposed to comfort Job. I want to believe that when Job was, was prospering, when Job was making it, they were not happy. They were envious. So when Job crashed, it was an opportunity for them to exhibit what they had. People that were supposed to cover him, they were uncovering him and exposing him. People that are supposed to be with you in your time of difficulties and challenges, those are the people that will wrongly accuse you. They will tell everybody that because you have committed that, because you have done that, that is why you are going through this suffering. And look at what, what they said about Job. When you read Job chapter 34, verse 7 and 8. Is there anyone like Job who drinks scorn like water? He keeps company with evildoers. He associates with the wicked people. Is that true about Job? Is that what God said about Job? Is he an evil doer? Was he working with the evil and wicked people? But that was what the friends could say about him. At one point, Job came up and he said something. When you read Job chapter 13 verse 4, it says that, You, however, met me with lies. You are worthless physicians, all of you. And when you read Job chapter 16, verse 2, Job said, I have heard many things like this. You miserable comforters, all of you. Comforters came to increase his misery. And some of us have gone through this. And some of you will go through it. Some of you are currently going through People that are supposed to comfort you, they are rather discouraging you. They are rather creating discomfort in your life. People that are supposed to, 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 to sit with you, to encourage you, to motivate you, they are rather broadcasting you to the world that you are not a good person. Have you experienced this before? Job experienced all these. But God came to him and told him to do something. And that is what I want you to do this morning. Job chapter 42, verse 10. After Job had prayed for his friends, the friends that had created bitterness in the heart of Job. The friends that had wrongly accused him. The friends that were laughing at him instead of mourning with him. The Bible says that and after Job had prayed for his friends. That means that he found a way in his heart to release his friends. He found a way in his heart to forgive his friends. And the Bible says, the Lord did what? After he had prayed, the Lord did what? Restore. After you have prayed, the Lord will do what? He will restore. After you have forgiven, the Lord will do what? He will restore. It says that the Lord restored his fortune. It tells me that the destiny, the future, of Job was linked to his ability to forgive his friends and their wrongdoing. Just when he did that, restoration came. I want to believe 
the Lord is about to restore some. If you will open your mouth and say that, oh God, this person hurts me, but I forgive him. If you will open your mouth and say that, Father, I pray for my father. He was supposed to take me through my education but along the way he left me. I have bitterness against him but today I pray for him. Somebody if you can go on your knees and say that father I pray for my mom she did not show me enough love. That is why I find myself here. If you will find somewhere in your heart to forgive her I believe restoration will come to somebody. If you will find in your heart to forgive that man who came to you and promised you the world, told you he was going to marry you, and along the way he jilted you, before you knew he went for the man, for the woman that was close to you. If you are going to find it somewhere in your heart to forgive, the Lord will bring restoration. And the Bible says, he gave him twice. He gave him twice because he prayed for his friends. The Lord is about to restore unto you. This kind of restoration, you don't need enough prayers. This kind of restoration, you don't need 21 fasting and praying. This kind of restoration, all you need to do is to open your mouth and say that I forgive, I release and restoration will come. 2006, our mother fell sick. And we have to gather ourselves to take care of her. She was in Cape Coast then and uh, two of us were here, one in Kumasi, the other one too was Cape Coast, and then our elder brother was in Takwadi. So we had to organize ourselves. This woman is sick. So we began to call ourselves and all of that. We agreed that we will go and visit her. So we called our elder brother and he said, me, I will not go to where this woman is. I will not have anything to do with this woman. Whatever you want to do, you can do it. See, no. Are we hearing what you are saying? Say, yes. I will not have anything to do with her. And true to his word, this guy did not step foot where his own mother was. The mother that, that, that carried him nine months. He had preferential treatments because he came first. So he enjoyed a lot. But this woman was lying there sick. Anytime we visited, she would ask us, hey, in TPK, on where is PK? That is how she calls. Where is he? Is he not coming? When is he coming to visit me? When is he coming to visit me? She said that and that and finally she died. We were students then and our brother was working so we thought I mean he would come and support. He did not come. And when this woman died we informed him. He said I will not have anything to do with her. How will you feel in our situation, young people as we were? He told us, I will not have anything to do with this woman. In fact, all of you don't call me again. So when we called him and he heard our voice, he would just, how do you call it? Cut the phone. He blocked our lines. Other family friends tried to talk to him. He said, I will not have anything to do with my mother. Can you believe that? I was wondering, what is it at all? 
It was nothing. Something flimsy. Something trivial. Something that you can walk over. He said, because of this, I will not have anything to do with my mother. So, we had to go and borrow money to go and bury this woman. And after the funeral and everything had come to an end, all that we had on us was the transport from Cape Coast to, to, to Accra. And when we came back, we resolved in our heart of hearts, deepest part of our heart, that if you, you will not have anything to do with your mother, the one who gave that to you, we too we will not have anything to do with you. Today, you are not our brother again. So we formed a group. This is us. One, two, three, four. We are brothers. We have nothing to do with this man. But along the way, somehow, he got my number and he called me. I was wondering why he didn't call my other brothers. And he called me. Because he thinks that, as for me, he was soft spot me. He called me. And he began to speak. Eh, it was not me. People were talking to me. They said this. And eh, this woman has done that. It's because of her. That is why. And, and I said, and do you believe that? You are old enough to discern that what they are telling you is not true. Did you believe it? He said, eh, 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 eh. okay, I am back. Forgive me. I said, what did you say? Forgive you. Wait, let me talk to my brothers first. I called them and I was talking to them. In fact, the one in Kumasi, he doesn't even want to hear his name. He said, what are you telling me? If you don't have anything to talk about, can we end the conversation? I spoke to the other brother. He said, no, we have resolved. Let's hold on to it. We are not going to forgive him. Not today, not tomorrow. If anything, he should go to the grave and then go and resolve it. And later come and see us. But this brother was going through a lot. He was going through a lot. You see, the things that I spoke to you about, he was going through all those things. He was being tormented. He, he, had, he was struggling. The people that were speaking to him, all of them left him. And there he was, naked, with nothing. And he remembered his brothers. It was a difficult time for us. But the Lord began to talk to me that what will it profit a man if you do all that you are doing and you go to hell because of your brother? You will never forgive yourself. So I had to find a way in my heart to forgive him. Now the battle was how to convince my brothers to do that. Two prayers, we began to pray for them. And then the two of them agreed in a way to talk. But the Kumasi one, he was very tough. Very tough. Through fasting and prayers, this man said, no, I won't. But to the glory of God, we found a place in our heart to forgive him. And one day he was going through so much so much. People were, 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 were looking for him all over. Today they will arrest him. They will take him to the police station. The next day somebody will be chasing him. He will be driving and he will go and knock somebody. The person will die. He was going through so much. He had to come to Accra. And when he came and I saw him, I wept in my heart because he had grown so lean. I was, ah, are you my brother? The one, them two, no boy. Are you the one? It was sad when I saw him. But we found a place in our heart to forgive him. We ourselves were battling with our own things. But when we did that, restoration came. When we did that, the Lord began to turn things around on our behalf. When we did that, my brother was working somewhere. He was called by another company. And when he got there, they gave him a big car and a big salary. When we were going through all those things, my brother in Cape Coast, he was struggling to complete his education.
thing. But to the glory of God, he did it. The one in Kumasi, he was also going through a lot of tough time. The woman that he wanted to marry was misbehaving and all of that. He didn't have a proper place that he was working. But to the glory of God, he found a better place to work. When we did that, the Lord brought restoration unto us. I remember myself, I was sitting in torture. Things were hard. I took my diary and I began to write. God, this thing must go. That thing must go. Remember, I have forgiven him. That thing will go. And whilst I was walking my somewhere, I received a call. I didn't know how they got my CV, but they called me and they said, we want you to do this thing. I went there software that they were using. I didn't even know how to use it. They said you will use it. I sat behind it and I said, God, you know I don't know how to use this thing. But to your glory, I will know how to do it. And to the glory of the Lord, I began to operate that software. It was because the Lord brought restoration. This morning, somebody that you have to forgive your father, Somebody, you have to forgive your mother. You have to forgive your wife. You have to forgive your husband. You have to forgive your brother, your sister, your boss, who maltreated you and fired you in the, in the coolness of the day. You have to forgive somebody. And when you do that, restoration will come. There are certain things you don't need to pray about. Release them and restoration will come. And to the glory of God, he is also doing well. It will surprise you to know that he is also a pastor in Takurabe. We give glory to God. <laughs> Quickly, we'll be, we'll be closing very soon. benefit of forgiveness. One, the release of the offender is the release of the offended. The release of the offender is the restoration of the offended. Three, the presence, the power, and the working of the almighty are activated by the action of forgiveness. Number four, the power of prayer is amplified by the action of forgiveness. Your prayer becomes more authoritative. Your prayer becomes more impactful. It becomes more resultful. Your prayers become more exciting because there are no blockage in it when you forgive. And then the last one is eternity is guaranteed by the action of forgiveness. This morning I ask, what will profit you after gaining everything, after achieving your goals, after climbing the mountain, after amassing wealth, after coming to church, giving to God, helping in the house of God, which we need more people. And you don't enjoy the blessing of heaven. What will profit you just because you found it so tough to forgive? This morning, I want to show you how to do it. I want you to stand to your feet, humbly stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And there is somebody that you need to release. It could be a friend so many years ago but any time you remember this person the hurt comes back this is a lesson we learn in life to forgive 
so that our heavenly father will forgive us to forgive so that we will be restored there's somebody you employed somebody and the person mess up things in your office big time the person related to you so you find it difficult to report the person because the family people will come in it's hurting you you need to release the person somebody you did not even meet your father all that you were told was that you had a father because you realized that you are alive and every living person has a father and a mother that was all that you got to know of it and you have resolved in your heart not to forgive this man find a place in your heart today and forgive because there are big things that we need to do there are great things that we need to achieve we will not allow somebody to stop us from getting that far this morning I want you to just pray that God help me give me the grace to forgive give me the grace to forgive some of you you have to forgive a pastor that came in your life one way or the other created mess you need to forgive you trusted your wife so much but she did something that hurt you even though you are married to her but the love is not there forgive you trusted your husband so much you never thought that this man can do that, but he did it. Find a place and forgive. Young lady, somebody promised you that he was going to marry you. You place all your trust, heart, desire, your mind, your soul, everything in the man. He didn't even call you that it is over. He sent you a text message or a WhatsApp message. Uh, dear, he used to call you dear. Now he said, uh, 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 Sarah, it is over. And it entered in your spirit. And it is becoming difficult for you to enter into another relationship again. Because you think that all men are the same. It is not true. It is only one. And when you forgive that person, God will bring restoration. He will give you double for your trouble. Somebody just begin to pray and say, God, I release this person. I forgive this person. We forgive our brother. And now we are free. I can call him anytime. I can ask him to come around anytime. I can visit him anytime. It is gone. It was painful. But we have forgiven him. And I know God has forgiven him as well. Find a place in your heart. If you can mention the name of this person says, God, I pray for this person. I forgive this person. In the mighty name of Jesus. And as you begin to release the person, you begin to experience restoration. Some of you will begin to receive a physical healing. Some of you, you begin to receive some messages, some calls that you never thought will come your way. Some of you, your promotion has been sat on because of this, but this morning as you release that person, that promotion will come in the name of Jesus. Some of you have been tormented for a long time. You have been struggling because the grace has been shortened. But this morning as you pray, the grace of God will be enough the grace of God will be sufficient. The grace of God will come again. The grace of God will lift you from your state of struggle to your state of enjoying his blessing. Find a place to forgive your former boss. Find a place to forgive.
find a place even to forgive the landlord who ejected you when you didn't have any money to go and rent another place. You had to go and stay with a friend. Forgive that person. And I pray that restoration will come. This morning, I pray for somebody. Father, I thank you for the life of this person. That even as the person has released his mother, I pray that there will be restoration. I see a smile on the face of somebody because you have released somebody out of your heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, I see somebody, there's somebody walking away from you because you have released the person. Now you are free. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. The Lord has taken has taken a burden of somebody even as you have released that person. Father, I thank you. In the name of Jesus, there is a physical restoration, physical healing that is coming to the life of somebody here today. Father, I bless you. I give you praise. I give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we have done our part. We have forgiven. We have forgiven. We have released. We pray that as you restored unto Job, this morning you restore unto us that which we lost. We pray for restoration. We pray for double restoration in the name of Jesus. In our marriages, we pray for double restoration. In our jobs, in everything that we find ourselves, this morning we pray for double restoration in the name of Jesus. Because we have learned this lesson to forgive. We bless you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory.